everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 9, issue 433, and we're going back today to the original Rayman from 1995. And joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 433, are Jesse Fuchs. Hello. Michiel Croder. <laughs> nice. And Tony Atkins. Yeah, my God! <laughs> <laughs> Was that from the game? That's it's, me in the game, but hey, it's what, we're it's what the game it's what the game produces. Yeah. Yes, there is a lot to talk about in this issue of the Cana Rinse podcast. And we may, based on today's Twitter engagement, we may be being joined by some new listeners from among the Rayman community, starved of any dedicated podcasts. I apologize in advance for anything we may say about your beloved hero that you may not want to hear. But as always, we'll uh, we'll go in depth. We'll give our own opinions and feelings on the game and into the backstory. We'll start off with what is Rayman? In case you don't know, it is a French cartoonish 2D side-scrolling platformer from the 16-32-bit era. Although it made its debut on a console that purported to be 64-bit but wasn't really. We also want to say in this show, we've actually got, by sheer coincidence, I think another three... Ubisoft games lined up this year. Obviously, the schedule was put together before the recent revelations. This game was put on the list for this year because it's 25 years old. Not for any other reason than that. We don't tend to think too hard about the actual the the studios and labels, although we try not to over focus on on anyone in particular. But obviously, Ubisoft have actually got quite a history of of ironically of diverse games and genres and you know platforms covered over a very long period of time uh we obviously don't know what the culture was like at the studio 25 years ago although some of the names who sound like some of the worst people were involved in this game and they're still there to this day uh but this podcast is not in ignorance and certainly not an endorsement of what we understand about the culture within many parts of ubisoft in recent years it's uh it was set up, as I say, in 1986 by the Juillemo family, the five brothers, I think it was. Eve's still the CEO there. Um, and the developer of this game was simply known at the time as UB Studios. Back then, Ubisoft were two distinct words. At some point, they got portmanteaued and, uh, and they chopped the entertainment off the end, or at least in common use they did anyway. Rayman was initially being developed by Michel Ancel alone. Uh, Frederick Hood, is that Ouda? I'm not sure. There you go. There's a poor pronunciation of another French name. Uh, is also uh, one of the key figures on the project. When he joined, uh, the intention was to make a Super Nintendo CD version. When, of course, they were in tandem with Sony. We talked about that on our, on our PlayStation and 
Super Nintendo podcasts, our format specials. However, that was cancelled, of course. The CD-ROM adapter, the SNES version, therefore, of this game was cancelled in favour of systems with CD support, leaving this version of the game unfinished but playable. Mm. Uh, a ROM of an early build of the Super Nintendo prototype was later released online by Omar Cornett. That's funny because the Jaguar version was a cartridge game, right? Well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> there was a Jaguar CD later, yeah. of course, but uh, I don't know if there was a Rayman CD for the Jaguar. I guess not. I don't know. Uh, yes, that uh, NES, SNES, sorry, SNES, not NES, prototype was released online uh, with Michel Ancel's permission in July 2017. The team felt at the time, though, that the Jaguar was the first system that could handle the graphics they wanted and mm -hmm. move development to the Jaguar version. Advertisements in late 94 announced the game as a Jaguar exclusive. Didn't stay that way. Focus <laughs> was later shifted to the PS1 version due to the system's greater power, ease to program for, and CD technology. I feel like Saturn that was a good business plan, to be honest. Uh, I think it, yeah, I think it's just a slightly <laughs> larger install base. I don't have sales figures for the Jaguar version. Uh, so the producer was Gerard Guillemot, brother of Yves, the CEO now. And Michel Ancel, probably as well known for this and Beyond Good and Evil. But in terms of units sold over the years, Rayman games have massively uh, outstripped Beyond Good and Evil's uh, uh, success. As I say, Serge Hascoet, one of the people implicated in this year's scandal, story, unpleasantness about the culture at Ubisoft. Yeah, one of the key members of the project team. Uh, some women did work on this game, at least. We know from the names in the artists, the roster of artists, I believe they brought in some artists from Animation Studios to get that uh, that particular look of the game for both the sprites and the backgrounds. Uh, Alexandra Stebler, uh, Eric Pelletin and Sylvain Jenny were some of the artists, but there were more animators and so on credited. Composer mainly was uh, Remy Gazelle, who composed, composed most of the music, sadly passed away a couple of years ago now. Uh, also on music duty, apparently, was Didier Lord and Stéphane Belanger. The game came out in Europe first, just about, in September 1995 on the Jaguar. The North American version arrived a few weeks later in September. The PS1 version arrived not long after, 9th of September in America. Uh, it's also available as a PS1 classic, which you can, of course, play on your PSP or your Vita or your PS3. And the EU PAL version arrived late September 95. Higher quality graphics than most other versions takes usage of several effects such as fog, extra MIDI music, mainly used during loading scenes and chase scenes. The PAL version is slower than the NTSC version. What is the Rayman wiki? I think it runs at 50 and the NTSC version runs at 60. Curious because it's a European developed game, huh? Yeah, but still, they didn't always account for the difference in TV systems, and I guess they focused on where the where the bigger market was. But yes, yeah. it's it's got slight borders. They didn't redraw the art or rescale it, but it doesn't look horribly squashed. I wouldn't have said the power no, version compared to some like small uh, black borders on top and the bottom of the screen. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's partially optimized, and and I suppose maybe they thought that given that fifty was what most people were used to experiencing, the fact that it runs at fifty is not a big deal. It's not like it was going down from yeah. uh, somewhere lower frame rate wise or anything like that. But yes, uh, the Saturn version arrived another month later in October. 
and very early November in Europe and America, respectively. The Saturn version, as you'd expect, is very similar to the PS1 version, but a few graphical effects have been changed. Uh, there's some uh, lighting effects in the final battle, and the glass on the windows break once Mr. Dark is defeated. There you go. Worth collecting both versions just for that. <laughs> uh, let's hear from our first correspondent for this show. This is Pecan Pie from the Cana Rinse Forum who says, I never had played a Rayman game, and so last weekend, at the time of writing, I downloaded the Rayman DSi port on the 3DS. I'd heard people mentioning the difficulty, and I was intrigued, having recently enjoyed completing all the K-levels in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which we covered uh, quite recently as well, and wanted to see where this fell in comparison. The challenge felt similar, except that instead of the hard difficulty being relegated to bonus levels, it is the baseline game. There's a lot of memorization of level layout by dying repeatedly with decent enough checkpointing to not feel demoralizing. <laughs> See how Mikhail feels about that. Since I had the appropriate level of challenge expectation, I wasn't turned off, but I would guess the original completion rate by people who bought this game is quite low and the DS screen area shown is smaller than the original game. This is problematic, especially during boss fights when the boss is off screen and I'm trying to react right. to their attack cues. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hey, fun. <laughs> yeah, quite glad I didn't uh, I did consider downloading that version, but um, no thanks. The DSi version has a feature where it takes your picture when reaching a checkpoint, and then every time you die and start from that checkpoint. This means that, so your, your SD card gets rammed with photos of your stupid face. Uh, that's not what he's put. He's put, this means that when you're repeatedly dying in difficult sections and yelling in frustration, the DS is taking a picture of your angry face each time. Maybe it is worth getting again. <laughs> Salt in the wounds, right? <laughs> Super low res a DSI image photo. That just sounds like one of those things. Like when you die, what you find out is like how much chicken you ate and every <laughs> face you made playing Rayman. Like that. That sounds like purgatory to me. Uh, I thought it would bug me. Says uh, concludes pecan pie of this feature but it ended up lightening the mood as I would make a funny face each time and enjoy how ridiculous the feature is. <laughs> iOS and Android, of course, February, March 2016. The iOS and Android versions titled Rayman Classic, the direct ports of the PC version with everything, including the breakout minigame retained. These are the first versions to feature achievements and leaderboards. This version used to be available from the App Store for iOS and from Google Play for Android, but it was removed from both stores during the summer of 2018 for unknown reasons. But do they lack the music based <laughs> on the PC versions? Yeah, true. However, it is still playable for users who have downloaded it beforehand in traditional fashion with digital purchases. Thanks, Rayman Wiki. Uh, I guess it had on screen, you know. Do you know, that's probably the most platforms we've ever covered in one <laughs> single game release it's, it's a fair that's few a lot, isn't it? i mean it's you know it's a 25 year old I know, beloved but, 2d wow. platformer makes sense uh of course it was also included by default on the ps1 mini console the ps1 classic that was released worldwide december 2018 i'm curious was that one of the games where even the american unit had the pal version on the ps1 because that was one of the controversies about that particular machine yeah, uh, which was laughable. It's actually Tony touches on something interesting there. It actually completely baffles me, having played not the whole game but a fair chunk of it. Yeah, how it just gets re-released and how People there's so much, it. how there's so much uh, 
so much love for this game. Bewilderingly popular, some yeah, would say. Yeah, definitely. Well, as I say, we've we've heard today. We, we'll hear from them later in the three word reviews. The Rayman community comes out to bat for Rayman. People yeah. love this game, really do. Well, we haven't revealed what each of us thought of it yet or thinks of it. Um, reviews at the time, then. Well, let's think about that because obviously that would have had a bearing on how many copies it sold. EGM back in 1995 gave the Jaguar version eight out of ten. And the PS1 version, 8.625 out of 10, which is precise, but, you know, it's a good <laughs> review. Famitsu in Japan were less impressed, but still not exactly negative, with 29 out of 40 for the Saturn version and 27 out of 40 for PS1. Rather, uh, that gives you the indication of just how much better the Saturn version is than the PS1 version, two points out of 40. <laughs> game rankings wise so average review scores the jaguar version had 85 percent when they shut down game rankings the saturn version also had 85 not sure from how many reviews these are as did the gba version gb color next with 79 percent, slightly different game then ps1 and pc on 75 and 77 percent respectively user reviews wise all fairly similar across the board. IMDb punters, I know it's not that relevant, but it's a resource. 7.6 out of 10 from over 500 players. And on Nintendo Life, we've got, again, the Game Boy Color version gets a slightly better rep with 7.8, while the DSi version has 7 and the GBA version has 6 out of 10. But yeah, talking about its popularity, according to Moby Games, Rayman has the record number of weeks on the UK All Formats Top 40 chart with 261 weeks, more than five years in the chart from 1995 to 2000. Now, was that on one platform or was that because they kept releasing <laughs> platforms every year? Well, at that time, that would have been, it would have just been PS1 because the Jaguar version wouldn't have registered. The Saturn version would barely have registered. Mm, so basically, right. that was the PS1 version and, and maybe MS-DOS as well, I suppose. According to Wikipedia... Rayman is, and I think this is quite a big deal, the best-selling PlayStation game of all time in the UK. It's a so, fascinating stat. Fascinating. Yeah. I, think, I, I don't think this is just UK sales because it can't be, but uh, the next line was sold around 5 million copies, which I think is must be worldwide. I don't think it can have just sold 5 million in the UK, can it? Is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. But it sold yeah. more on the PS1 than Tomb Raider 2 and Gran Turismo, which is, yeah. It's, ve it's very strange because there were a lot of PlayStation 1 games that received a lot more hype in those days. Mm. Uh, maybe it was relegated to budget uh, bins. No, nope. well, I mean, let's Quickly. face it. We, we, Not let's really. All, <laughs> I'll be honest. We all saw a version of Rayman on the PlayStation 1 in every store ever. It was yeah. always around. You, you know, it was everywhere. That covers I was it. saying before the show that uh, if you go to a retro game convention, you see piles of the game usually. Hmm. But yeah. yeah, I wonder, maybe it just got priced down very quickly and that's why uh, it sold so much. Like people were just looking for a cheap game to, to buy with the system. I think I think it was more the familiarity of it. and the Because obviously at the time this came out, we just had pretty much sort of five years of platformers being one of the biggest genres with all the Disney stuff with Castle of Illusion and, and Aladdin and Mario and Sonic uh, this uh, I think well, it's interesting though because this game I think came out at what you might consider the sort of 
tail end of of that genre being that kind of thing being a big deal this this came out the same year as Mega Man 7 mm. Yoshi's Island which is while often considered a masterpiece was also considered very very late in the SNES's life people were moving on and similarly Donkey Kong Country, Country 2. 2 yeah yeah but and I, I think maybe just people wanted when they were moving from 16 to 32 bit maybe a lot of people particularly kids wanted something that was familiar and wasn't scary 3d polygons i don't but, know but i also think you know aesthetically you just look at the box on the shelf it's you know it's definitely a uh a wolf in sheep's clothing you know i you know we know it's hard yeah. and we'll get into that but i think you know aesthetically if you just pick the box of the shelf it's oh it's a kind of cutesy 3d platformer but for you know, sure uh, 2d you know, platformer yeah sorry, yeah absolutely and um and it totally makes a mockery of uh, what Sony were trying to do it's at true. that point, which yeah. was the uh, nobody wants 2D games anymore. Uh, actually, I think it was more about them pushing their own hardware than it was actually saying people don't want 2D games. I think they were saying we need to kind of move past this sort of stagnant point in there. This is, you know, this is in their view and this is conjecture on my part. But yeah. actually things, conversions of things like Worms sold mm-hmm. incredibly well in the early PS1 days. Because I think, yeah, I think people were people had come from the Amiga and come from the Mega Drive and the Super Nintendo, and they didn't want, although they were excited by Tekken and Ridge Racer and whatever else, they didn't necessarily just want every game to be a polygon-pushing powerhouse. Oh, like 25 some... years later, we're still in that vein, isn't it? Plenty of 3D games, but how many 2D games actually do incredibly well now? So, you know... It, For sure, yeah. Don't just leave yeah, it I mean, behind. On Rayman's popularity, Michel Ancel said in a Retro Gamer interview, honestly, I just can't explain. It was <laughs> the time of the first 3D games like Toshinden and Ridge Racer and Rayman was still 2D. Maybe the rule is that players don't really care about technical details. They just follow the fun and that's all. Unfortunately, they ended up with Rayman. Uh, I, I did that bit on and I'm sorry, Rayman fans, once again. But I've been playing the game. I mean, when I looked at it, I mean, I... I just looked at all of the launch games, just screenshots of them. And it is, I mean, if you don't really value 3D, there's obviously no other choice, Mm -hmm. right? Like the amount someone cared about that did vary. And it's so lush. Like Mm -hmm. it looks so much better than every other launch game, except maybe Wipeout. (laughs) To today's eyes, yeah. Manages to nail what it's doing in a way. But like everything else, right, I mean, it's, 3d super impressive but like when i mean we'll get into our personal histories but definitely when i saw the the playstation rayman was the game that attracted me mm. uh along with uh, another one that i will talk about but yeah yeah well let's uh let's start with our, our histories and and go back with uh tony first of all did you pick this up with your ps1 i, I don't even know your ps1 history off the top of my head i'm afraid because it's just there's too much to keep in my, my poor old noggin. So, uh, no, I, I had a PlayStation 1 on the day of launch, uh, as I do with all the consoles. So, yes, I mean, I, I owned Rayman, but I never completed Rayman. Uh, now I understand why that was, because I obviously didn't put the, the required time into seeing it through to the end. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we've had this conversation a number of times about a number of games, how, you know, in your head your experience of a game that you've had and then you come back to it years later and you realize actually you did the first two areas and that was that but in your head you got a lot further and probably felt like you almost completed the game which you know clearly wasn't the case coming back to it this time because i remember certainly the first stages but i don't remember the later stages so i obviously had some time with it but my you know i liked i think i liked rayman um 
and I fell in love with Rayman. The first time I fell in love with Rayman wasn't um, the original release. It was actually um, Rayman's free Hoodlum Havoc uh, that was released on... I think it was a... Was that the Dreamcast? Uh, I think you like two, wasn't was it? it? Two? I, that, I think I think it's two, the two one was, that people two was remember. Yeah, two yeah. was a dream. Three was on the GameCube. That was a great escape, wasn't it? Two, yeah. Because so, they've remastered and re-released three, but not two, which is a source of frustration to yeah, me. Yeah, so Rainbow, so okay, it was two that I fell in love, mm, love with. Yeah, uh, and that's the one I put huge amounts of time in. And that was a post Mario sixty four, post Banjo Kazooie kind that's of. That's really thing. good, really good. Um, and but. Also incredibly hard, <laughs> so I, I probably should have known. But now I've always had that itch to go back to the original release. Um, so th- I mean, this was a really good opportunity to, to actually go. Okay, yeah, well let's let's go back and let's play the first one. And you know, I've played many of the other games since. Although, having looking looked through its um, the game history, there is so many versions of Rayman that have come out, not just on different platforms, but you know, different kind of. You know, variety is not just you know platform games. They've been all over the place with the series and still do. Um, but it was a, a really yeah. My history with it is I I played a little bit, but I didn't clearly play it to com- completion. And that was no bias against it being in two D or anything. It's just it clearly I I must have hit that kind of sticking point, and it being a new console, I just moved on to something else. Um, but having been a fan of the series since. It's been fascinating to actually go back to the the original release and actually see some of the actual kernel of the ideas that have actually proliferated through many of the other games, and yeah, that that core was there from the original release. So, I'd be fascinated to actually get into it. One of the things we need to address is the fact that uh, I'm not sure any of us has legitimately completed this game. Now, it's one of the things we don't sort of bang on about it. For Kane and Rince, is not something we absolutely lock in and pledge every piece of promotion we do but one of the core tenets and one of our one of the sort of points of our manifesto is that as far as is possible and wherever we can we always try to beat games before we talk about them Mm. for a number of reasons um and there have been exceptions to this over the years certain kinds of games and certain situations scenarios that have arisen in this case i think this is one where it's the first show we've ever done, probably where just most of us have failed because it's too hard. Tony, I think you may have, you may, it's either you or me has come the closest, I think. So right, did so, you manage to beat Mr. Dark? Well, we're, we're in a grey area here because essentially what I think, when we all get into this, essentially I think the problem with this game, not necessarily is the game mechanics, although there is plenty of issues there, we will talk about those, is it's old school save and life system. Um, that's yeah. the thing. That's the I don't. Thing I don't agree me. there. Okay, we will get into that, Mecca. Don't worry. We will. Yeah. This is where I'm coming <laughs> from. I, I think with enough lives, there is every chance to actually get through this game yes. and see it Agreed. through to completion. But yes. the way it sets up, there's just there's there's not well there's not enough lives. There's you know you can get Let, to a checkpoint and lose. We, we do need to talk about all this, and it's going to be a big do, part of the conversation. But, so what I want to know at this point is, did you complete the game I, somehow? I did, but not in a legitimate, I played it That's how the fine. developers allowed me yeah. to play it. I played it yep. with cheat codes. Absolutely. Fine. Which is no lives, problem, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's, that's still uh, commendable in my... Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it, and it is. Yeah. It, we'll get into this. Last so we much will get into it. <laughs> the point is, every video I've seen uh, on YouTube, every article I've read, even from hardcore Rayman fans, say use the 99 lives cheat because all it is is a time saver. It is not a cheat as such. It is a time saver. Um, and what I will say, though, is because I was fascinated to see 
whether I was just that bad or whether it was possible. I have watched someone do the entire run in yep. like five lives. You know, it's just, you know, just oh, yeah. incidentally getting hit. You by, can learn it. It's absolutely it. so, a game you can learn. It's you know, just... It's congratulations. Just very, applause yeah. to those people. Yeah. And, you know... As always, there there's so many hard games we've covered and there's always watch speed runs and how yeah, apparently this game I've watched some I didn't watch it, I saw someone complete this game in an hour and fifteen minutes. So Yeah. You know, I didn't watch that one because it didn't seem the right thing to do. But it you know, this I watched a person complete this in four and a half hours while I skipped through and just saw how you know they were doing but it was fascinating. Well, the walkthrough to actually see. I've been uh, the video walkthrough I've been using to help me hoover up the Electune cages, that person has uh, amassed well over 50 or 60 lives by mm. the end of the game. So Yeah, yeah so, okay, so the way I put it is I used, uh, for the, the things like bosses where it was just pattern memorization, I used videos to help me to understand what I was doing wrong almost straight off to save the frustration. Um, and I used, uh, there is a code that you can unlock the last level to actually play the final boss because I didn't have it in me to get every single cage. So, yeah. Right. There you go. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mikhail, now your history with this is uh, brief and interesting. Uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, my brother bought a PlayStation in 96, and I also started buying some games for it because uh, his tastes were a little bit narrow in my uh, view, and I saw some uh, some tasty games on there. Rayman at the time wasn't really on my radar. I, I, I've since come back from that, but I found the character kind of off-putting uh in those days at least like mm. uh found a, found a little bit of a lame character mm. um but yeah i've come around to that and i got origins and legends and i like those games very much and so when i was at a retro games convention i saw like a cheap copy of the original rayman for five bucks so i'm like well okay let's just snatch it up and give it give it a shot sometime and I knew of its reputation that it was a tough game, but I, yeah, tough platformers, I kind of cherish them. I, they don't scare me away, you know, um, and I've beaten quite a, sh- uh, a fair share of uh, tough plat- platformers uh, over the years. So that didn't really scare me. Um, so the first time I put it in the uh, in the machine, I played until band length and I've started noticing, okay, it gets pretty tricky right now, but still I kind of enjoyed what I played of it, and I thought like, okay, maybe you know, one day I'll get back to it and really put some serious time into it, uh, and that's where it ended. So when I s- signed up for the show, I wasn't quite, I wasn't prepared for, you know, the the type of challenging this game would uh, would prove to be, and I was just thinking well, while we were talking, it might be interesting actually if I go back now to the first stream I started doing for the yeah. Canary's Twitch channel, I think I might have been really hopeful at that time and just, you know, going into it with a very chipper, positive mood. Yeah. And how, how that... Just like when that... I put it on the list for this year's shows. Yeah, I didn't exactly. know the reputation of this game. Yeah, well, I, I knew it, but, you know... I didn't. I, I've, I've played so many hard platformers and, and beaten uh, yeah, a bunch of yeah. them. So, yeah. yeah, that didn't really put me off or anything. And I, I loved... I had grown to appreciate the character and i love the 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 environmental design so i thought you know and i from what i remembered from first putting it in there it played rather nicely much better than many other western development uh, developed platformers of the era so i thought i was in for a decent time at least and (laughs) and that didn't turn out 
<laughs> to be the case, but uh, we'll get into that. As we, how many? Uh, how many hours? Start dissecting how, this, how many this hours game. before you actually? Uh, before you just threw in the towel? Uh, I think I did five streams of two hours, right? And uh, got got a got like a twenty five percent completion rate on the mm-hmm. menu, but that counts the electoons cages yes. as, as well, of course. But I I basically beat Bandland, and then um, was I think yesterday, yeah, before. My final stream. I thought like, oh, I'll never make make it on time. Um, so I'll uh, I'll just start playing outside of my streams. And yeah, I was just like at one point seriously reconsidering my life choices. Seriously thinking, what am I doing right now? Because <laughs> and yeah. I, I've played so many hard games, but I still have fun while playing them, right? But yeah. I was not enjoying a single bit of what I was no. doing anymore. And we should say that the the time limit that we have, because we have to stick to recording dates, is not necessarily conducive to enjoying these kind of games. Maybe not. And no. that, that possibly is part of it. However, uh, I've found my experience has been is somewhat different to yours. One difference, again, this is from a production point of view, but I think it's good to let the listener in. What we've done in the past when people have thrown in the towel like that is uh, we basically said, well, the rule is you complete the game when you, come, <laughs> when you don't come on the show. And yeah. sometimes that's the right thing to do. Uh, I, I, I was I, happy to actually step out for this. You were, because, indeed. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't but think I, I've, I've gotten far enough in this game to... Uh, and, yeah, and well, that's it. And may, maybe maybe you know, I haven't always made the right decision in this context, but certainly there's a reason I don't want us to ever be one of those shows where people throw in the towel after an hour or come on and talk about the first level and they don't know anything about the rest of the game and how mm. it pans out. So mm. I think it's, it is very important that we fundamentally stick to our manifesto. However, I also think it's very important that given all of our contributors are volunteers and they don't get paid for this stuff is that it doesn't being part of Cade and Rinse should be fun and doesn't negatively affect people's mental health and and so on and so forth so each each time it's a case-by-case basis this isn't going to be the start of us people just throwing in the towel willy-nilly but in this case i wanted you to come on because i wanted because i know that your experience will represent that of many Mm. of our listeners with this game i suspect also we don't normally um recommend cheats of you know i i well, we've we've done all sorts over the yeah, years. Yeah, we've, we've, saves we've coming has been quite a, a thing for yeah, a lot of hard games. Which is games. always a conversation to be had. Yeah. However, however we do it. How, however, but I think quite early on, we're in you know, our own you know um, you know backroom chat. We you know we we were like you know at least a live cheat is absolutely perfectly justified yeah. and it's fine. So yeah. you know it made me comfortable. I, I got like, through okay, the first. Uh, I got through the first Mega Man without using save states or mm. or anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the, and again, this comes back to an, a, a subject that you you're passionate about, Mikhail, and it's some, something that I'm very uh, keen to to always discuss and highlight as well, which is the subjectivity of difficulty. Different mm. people find mm-hmm. different games, different levels of difficulty. There's no one size fits all in this regard. You might have people who are more inclined to be really good at games or of a yeah. certain genre or a certain type, but it doesn't always work out. We've all got games that we finished in our in our in our lives that other people like, you know, will raise their eyebrows at. And then we've got others, which people are like, ah, that was a breeze that we haven't been able to touch. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff at play here, but fundamentally, yeah. Uh, Rayman is, and I watched a video earlier, three part video, which is basically explaining why Rayman <laughs> is one of the hardest games ever made. 
and we'll obviously get more into that. Jesse's going to come on and go, one life. Bye. Yeah, one, one <laughs> CC. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, was Rayman as big a deal in in America? Uh, oh yeah, it was it was a launch title, and uh, and that is when I picked it up uh, along with the PlayStation, which was probably the only machine I ever bought at launch. I don't know what would the next one would even be. Yeah, uh, may well be the only console. Now, yeah. now I mean, because I was always I mean we talked about this on the Amiga episode a little, but like I was basically a scavenger. Like <laughs> when I got PlayStation, I owned a Jaguar. I'd gotten on Usenet for you know ninety bucks with a bunch of games. Uh, you know, I picked up a used Super Nintendo. I had like an Odyssey two and an Atari. I'd gotten at thrift stores. Like it was very unusual for me. Uh, to get the like a have the money and b spend it on like the newest hottest thing instead of you know vulturing but it was a combination of i had just and this i guess will come up on prince of persia because that's where i beat that game the first time but i had spent like three weeks over the summer doing an intensive sat camp for very wealthy kids uh up at a ski town in the off season and so like kind of had a windfall and was reading about the PlayStation and saw the two games that I saw that were like, well, if I'm going to splurge on something, uh, were this and Jumping Flash. Uh, <laughs> and I've checked the dates and I will tell you what my memory is. And I think my memory is wrong. And I have constructed a morality tale uh, in the interim. <laughs> but because I think Jumping Flash was a launch title in Europe. And I know I read uh, like reviews of it and it you know it was the thing i was excited about about the playstation coming out but it may have come out in november but how i remember it is i could afford the playstation in two games uh and the two i got were rayman and jumping flash mm -hmm. uh and i beat jumping flash in like a <laughs> day and a half uh, new the new 3d first person right. platformer because yeah. i liked cute like i was I had actually moved away from like, I kind of come back and forth. And, and at that point, the kind of extreme with an X like stuff going on in magazines and like a lot of FPSs and doom stuff. Like I was always uh, not a Nintendo kid, but like, you know, vaguely wholesome uh, mm -hmm. as, as we will see when I didn't think to use cheats with this stupid game. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, the, right. The morality tale I remember and kind of like when I was signed up for this, I was like, well, this is my karma. Uh, because I returned Rayman. I mean, not Rayman. I returned Jumping Flash because I beat it yeah. uh, and got ESPN Extreme Games, which is pretty good um, instead. But of course, kept Rayman because I did not beat it in a day and a half. Right, in fact, right. I never beat it. I no, never no. got past uh, like I'm not quite. I either never got past Bandland or opened up the mountain land yeah. and was like, well, that's more boring. So now I'm not excited to see the next yeah, thing. Fair, I can't I get any further on Banland. And for whatever reason, like I was on Usenet, like, you know, I whatever bought the Jaguar there or whatever. Uh, and it is funny that I never thought to look up passwords or cheats or whatever. I just kept begging my head. Uh, and I, we'll get more into this. But right, it's the same system where even if I finished something, I'd be like, well, I used up too many continues. Yeah, yeah. I was playing it the same way, like. Like uh, like using too many uh, ink ribbons in, Re in Resident Evil or that that sort yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. Or or too many resources. That's kind of what caught me, and I played a bunch of it. And as we'll get into, I mean, I really like a lot of aspects of it, but it definitely just hit that wall and just never went back to it. Like I don't know what happened to the disc. I thought I still had it until we did the show. 
uh, and I looked for it and it was gone. Uh, so I rebought it uh, on PS3, but really Vita. Uh, and right. was curious because over the summer, uh, one silver lining of quarantine is I've been I don't know, going back to a lot of video games. Yeah. And I have had that very pleasant experience of like going back to something and something in the back of your head figured itself out. And like all of a sudden you're beating all your previous records very easily. Mm -hmm. uh, like I beat the Beat Saber campaign while mm -hmm. I was avoiding playing this game. Uh, <laughs> uh, which I will note, you know, not everyone on that show did. So by the transitive property. But I mean, like I uh, was playing this. I got exactly to the point with exactly the same level of skills I did 25 years ago and hit the exact same wall. <laughs> well done. And it was just like, like I could run. It was exactly like I have, I have attempted to read the Lord of the Rings six times in my life. <laughs> and every time get to like page 160 of the first one, yeah. and there's like a three page description of a veil or a yeah, dell. Yeah, yeah. And like, I just, I've always just like lose my strength at the exact same point. Which is intellectually more wholesome though. I wonder. Right yeah. Now. They both have. I mean, they both have lush. I like greenery, uh, but right. I mean, it, it was it was very funny. Of just like I remembered the exact moments of like, oh god, these guys. But also like, oh, that's a really cool thing. I like forgot as a visual effect the monks with the like, you know, drums over their eyes or whatever. Uh, I was both like, oh god, those. But also like, ooh, right, those are neat. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, so about. I don't know, 10 hours. Like, I just kept playing this game for like an hour a day on my Vita for the last month or so. Like, uh, I'd go outside if it was nice and sit in the park away from everyone and, you know, play it there. And I just gave up on, like, I did a walking tour. Like, I just used the passwords. I played every level. Uh, unfortunately, one side effect of that is until I watched the YouTube, I missed, I realized I missed some story stuff. Uh, but I did. <laughs> don't, uh, I didn't worry about it. <laughs> right. Well, it was fun to see the little scenes, but you know, like the, the, the coherence of it was very much lost because I was yeah. very much skipping around. But by the time, by like the last few days, I actually want to go back and start it from the beginning because mm. I mm. have felt my skill level go up and I do yes, think yes, yes, there yes. has been a quantum development and I don't, uh, I don't regret, uh, being on the show or like putting in the effort, but also, I did, in a sense, give up very... Like, I basically was not using the game to judge me. I was using me to judge the game, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm just like, if I put an hour in on this level, can I finish it? And if I can't, whose fault is that really? Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I've never bought Rayman. I played a demo of the first level on the PS1 back in the day. Was it on Demo Disc 1, in fact? Was it one, one of the things on there? Or was it on one of the early mm. official PlayStation magazines? I don't think it was on Demo 1. Mm. Anyway, I remember playing a level of it, but I never bought the game. My copy is the PS1 Classic. No one will remember this, probably, but it was a PlayStation Plus game, Rayman, the PS1 Classic, in 2011. Mm -hmm. That's why I've got it. Uh, so, yes, I could have played it on uh, Vita, but I actually elected to play it on the, the big screen um, for whatever reason. Uh, play it with a controller in my hand. So yeah, I played it, uh, the PAL PS1 version on a DualShock. I did not complete the game. I realise I probably could have done if I'd just set myself aside maybe one more lengthy session. I think maybe I've put a total of about 25 to 30 hours into it and I've completed 82% according to the load screen. I'm missing 12 Electune cages. I was still hoovering them up today and eventually ran out of time. 
So I haven't beaten the evil Mr. Scops, which is apparently the hardest boss in the game. It's a lobster thing. And then yeah. after that, <laughs> if you've got all the Electune cages, you can get to Candyland where Mr. Dark resides. And there are three levels which I've watched. And by all accounts, they are not nearly the hardest levels in the game. Uh, and the final boss is not as hard nope. as Mr. Scops. So if I'd got there, I think I, I would have done it. Um, so, yeah, if if anything, um, it's... It, I use we use the how long to beat website to give us an idea. And I think this game is down as like six or seven hours or maybe nine hours. I think it's down as like I think it's actually down as twelve when I looked. Okay, so, sorry. But that's I mean, that's under completionist, so Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I will make the same joke I made in Skype, which is it is correct if it's not how long yeah, for you yeah. to beat the game, but how long mm. for the game to beat you. <laughs> Uh, I hate numbers. 23 from the forum says Rayman was the first video game I ever played to this day. The hiccup noise when you're hit the yeah at the end of each stage and numerous other sound effects are etched into my brain. The game remained unbeatably difficult throughout my childhood. I remember being in awe of my two year old sister as she was able to beat some of the music theme stages, whereas I barely managed to best the mosquito boss. What was left to explore beyond those pesky music notes and disappearing clouds? I still don't actually know. That game will always represent a time of my life when the world seemed incomprehensibly huge. Maybe I'll try to beat it someday. Maybe it's best to leave it lingering in a fuzzy, nostalgic haze. For what it's worth, Rayman opened my eyes to this wonderful hobby, and for that I owe its developers a huge merci. So yeah, uh, we're not going to dwell too long on the scenario and setting. A villain known only as Mr. Dark appears in Rayman's world. Mr. Dark captures the toons, the source of light. Uh, with no more light, evil creatures begin to roam, making the world unsafe. Rayman has to free the friends and put an end to Mr. Dark's schemes. As we said, it's a side-scrolling platformer starring the titular Rayman, a big-nosed chap with no arms or legs. Rayman can jump and use his hair to hover for a short period of time. He can also attack by throwing his fists or winding up his fist for a more powerful punch. He can occasionally find special power-ups that grant him unlimited flying power, giving him the ability to navigate through tricky mazes, says Moby Games. Let's start with the character, the character of Rayman. I can't remember if we talked this uh, talked about this when we covered Rayman Origins way back in Kane and Rince issue 20. Look out if you go back to that one for bad language, because we used to swear back then. Sadly, we can't on this one. <laughs> there, there would be a lot of that. There would be a lot one. of that. Uh, Rayman, for me, uh, one of the probably one of the reasons I never picked up this game is even though I thought the game looked quite nice in screenshots... I always filed Rayman in the category of pretty lame NAF platform yeah. characters. Same. <laughs> uh, I I like him a lot, although I agree. I think <laughs> he's just so French. He's got a little yeah. uh, scarf and like he he is like the midpoint between a rejected Olympic mascot and Jim Woodring's <laughs> character Frank, where he's yeah. just like this generic anthropomorph uh, of pure cartoon. Like, yeah. And I, I, I think what won me over, he's very much on that line, right. Between just too cheesy and kind of charmingly cheesy. And I think his good nature, like in that little um, story animation at the beginning, you don't actually see him, right. Yeah. Cause you just see a hammock 
And then yeah. you see his little hand float up and give a thumbs up and say, no problem. And yeah. you're like, okay, I'm, I'm with this guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't actively hate him like, you know, Bubsy the Bobcat or someone no, utterly no, no. pathetic like that. One of the Me Too mascot platformer type, you know, abominations. But he was just always like, meh, what is he? Well, I, I think actually like in, in, in stills, you do get that. Like, I'm not sure what that is and wears his arms. But I, I think the moment you actually <laughs> fire up the game and play it, I think the charm of the character comes bursting through and it yeah. all somehow makes sense there's a that's a real hard you pick up the box art and go huh <laughs> just yeah. that's weird i honestly think it is a testament to the power of frenchness of like <laughs> the fact that other than maybe the japanese the french take cartooning the most seriously mm-hmm. and none of this game makes any sense and Ansel just kind of seems like he's channeling the collective unconsciousness of like the last five decades of charming french cartooning yeah in this like it like n- like the last world where you beat mr dark is like happy cake land yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. even like i love cake lands you have to work so hard to get to that yeah one. and clowns as well yeah it's just pleasant <laughs> it makes creepy clowns. there's, there's yeah. no like there's an idiot savant quality to this game that yeah. i do very much enjoy and not saying i mean not insulting, but just like this does not. And and uh, I think the fact this game was not play tested has its issues in other ways. Oh, but yeah. I think the fact that this was clearly not committee designed, even though the character is kind of a little mm. bland and rounded and generic mm-hmm. in that way. I think that's the the saving grace is an aubergine with an O on it. Does anyone know why? No, just it, it's like auto. It's what, what, automatic writing. He's just an automatic cartoon character. I think that's actually the the French animation style of it is what won me over in the end. But right. yeah, look, just looking at the character back in the days, I thought, what a what, no, a, what no, a lame little dude. And on, honestly, to that point, I think if this game was um, you know visually quite dull and drab, I would have given up on it. I'm I'm pretty sure of that. And although I have a history of the character and Glowbox and all the the other characters that come thereafter. There's something about even stepping back into the first one, as hard as it is, because it's colourful and because there's a happy kind of nature to everything that's happening on the screen, even though the frustration is peak, top of the head frustration, boy or your brain, there's something about it still being happy, 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 but not so much that it's like, oh, I hate this as well. It's actually really well Developed, I think it's developed in a way that it presents characters, colors, little quirks that you don't normally see in character, you know, other characters, you know, designs for the music and the drums, which have happened in all the other Rayman games. So it's actually quite fun to go back to the first one and see how that developed into, you know, these great big grand levels. They've taken the ideas that have started in this original game and and absolutely run with them. But to see that Mm. there there was the kernel of these ideas there, and every time I got to a new stage i was like oh i see now where that kind of that that grain yeah. of like inspiration the mosquitoes has come and the, from and the yeah. bad guys with the, with the tropic hell yeah. helmets and uh but the backdrops right so it, what i find interesting about this so these these are these sixty-five thousand color uh, backdrops i think a lot of the uh, the back layer is based on art that's essentially just been drawn and scanned in by these talented artists and the front layer stuff uh, is obviously uh, digitally drawn, I think, um, and it's. I find it it's a weird mix because on one level I still think it looks really nice, but it also it reminds me in a. Despite that, it reminds me in a bad way of loads of Euro platformers from the previous five years, which like 
Uh, I don't know. What shall we use for the backdrop on this level? Uh, what have you got on your desk right now? Some pencils? Okay, pencils. <laughs> pencils are the platforms. Pencil <laughs> sharpeners? Good. Um, so it's got that kind of mm, uh, yeah. not wildly imaginative thing going on. And also, I think despite the fact there are quite a few effects going on, in, particularly in the, you know, the, the 32-bit versions, um, or maybe they're all 32-bit, you know what I mean, PS1 version, the backdrops are even lacking dynamism compared to some of the sort of multi-parallax scrolling stuff on the Mega Drive, where yeah. some of the stuff on, you know, just thinking about Sonic and Quackshot and all those games with those amazing like multi-layered scrolling backdrops mm. uh this doesn't really have that sense of place or depth that some yeah. of those earlier games did to me thinking of rocket night adventures as well rocket night yeah yeah but in the foreground you've got a lot of little i i really love all the little uh chicken fat Dancing as they would call it yeah right, yeah. right. like just the little happy mushrooms and mm -hmm. uh yeah there's 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 so much uh, and I'm especially thinking of the first world just because I've spent so much time there in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they spent more time on on the art in that first world, to be honest, based on having seen later. later yeah. Years. It looks like they really went to town because they knew that most people yeah. were going to spend most of their time. there. Especially the first world gives me a little bit of a psychedelic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Sort of Von Baudet kind of vibe as well. Uh and that's also because you see, like the the, the narrator character with his with his eyes covered, right? Like it's a little bit like the Cheech Wizard, Wizard, uh, or or characters of that ilk. So the Rayman character came from concepts designed by Michel Ancel, Frederick Houda, Oud, and Alexandra Stabler. With Ancel originally having drawn Rayman as a teenager, influenced by, so he says, Russian, Chinese, and Celtic fairy tales, according to Wikipedia, uh, he said. To Retro Gamer, as a child, I spent a lot of time close to the rivers, chasing strange insects, climbing on big trees. When you're a child, everything seems huge and extraordinary. When I started working on a Rayman game, it all started with trees and strange creatures. Yeah, that explains it. Why that first uh, world is so detailed and, yeah. uh, and lifelike. Yeah. Mm. As Moby Games says, Rayman has no joints. He just has a head, body, hands and feet. The reason for this is that it was much easier to animate him that way. So I always thought, again, as well as me not being beloved of the basic design, this was one of the issues I had. Mm. That seems such a cop out. Like we'd, <laughs> we'd been playing. We played Disney's Aladdin. We covered that mm -hmm. on a show. Now, there's yeah. two versions of that game. There's the Capcom version and the Virgin version, and both Aladdins, based on the Disney cartoon, have arms and legs, beautifully yeah. animated. They do all the things that Rayman does. The, the American version of that game has similar issues with um, hitboxes and stuff that this game does, but he's got arms and legs. I played. Yeah. It, would have been, it would have been more disorienting, you have to admit, if Aladdin did not have arms and legs. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> He's got, to, he's got to put something in those baggy trousers. The way that Raymond's hand and feet move while he's walk, yes. uh, walking, there's a ridiculous amount of frames there and sort of an organic, that is true. organic sense of movement. He fires that, off his fist halfway across the screen. Yeah, and, and an organic sense of movement that sort of makes you fill in the blank spots with your mind, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's interesting, but even... Pluck, a character, uh, a 16-bit platform character yes, that threw his limbs Pluck. around 
yeah. has uh, his limbs still attached to his body. There's no Indeed. gap between them. Jobo Bonobo from the forum says, I am a massive fan of both Origins and Legends, but I had never got the chance to play Rayman's original outing back in the day. When I came across a cheap PS1 copy, I snatched it up and popped it into my PS3. What catches your eye straight away is how gorgeous the game still looks to this day. The colours are eye-popping, the character designs memorable, and the animation a delight. While the PS1 era was the awkward baby steps for 3D gaming, 2D was looking better than ever at this stage, and Rayman was one of the best examples of how developers could really push 2D graphics in beautiful new directions. That's the thing, right? Because uh, I yeah, go back to 16-bit platformers often as well, but when you start this game up, you definitely see a big jump just in crispness and resolution over uh, yeah. the platformers on the 16-bit machines. That was the thing which did, although I never got round to getting the game, maybe I uh, maybe I wasn't blown away by that one level demo I played in in terms of gameplay. But if there was ever a, an element that made me think about picking up the game, it was looking at the screenshots and thinking, that's really yeah. lush. It looks HD, right? Yeah. Yeah, compared did, to yeah. what came and before that, it. that does yeah. show you because coming back to I mean we've done some PlayStation original PlayStation games on the show and you know they have they stood the test of time sometimes very much not it does really struggle on occasions but mm. I've I had no problems with going into this um, you know it was clear precise obviously yes there's some gameplay mechanics but I have to say <laughs> I, I I really I found the the visual design still really quite charming there's some yeah. issues with the way that certain foreground things would appear to actually to be well background things would appear to be in foreground and they suddenly catch you out of a spike there's some but, player you know, communication there, issues yeah there's some, there's around, some issues yeah. there yeah. but you know mm. every time i i punched whatever it may be a bomb and its eyes dropped off and jumped across the screen or you know there's that there's some really weird um character <laughs> design in here that that kind of cylindrical thing with lips all over it you have to punch so it it comes down and you're like what is that like the trick yeah, the whole kind of freaky. musical trumpet level yeah that's that stuff I, I just found it incredibly charming so every time i died i was still in a place of like well this is big bright colorful frustrating but you know i'm not at the point of just oh because there was something about that visual design that still would you know it still speaks to me 25 years down the line and whether it's just because it ties back into so much of the other games I've enjoyed in the series, and it feels like it's there. But to know that it's there from day, you know, that it's day one, I think it's it's really good. Yeah, and that's not always the case of coming back to you know older retro titles. Sure. Although it's quite often, you know, we can. And it's come also back. impressive because I think even though it's now best part of ten years since Origins came out, maybe it's ten years in fact. Uh, I think that game still looks pretty stunning. Legends, which came out slightly more recently, even more so. Uh, and yet, even though if, if you if you put them side by side and ask somebody who had no experience with either, you say, well, which one's prettier? They probably go for Origins or Legends, probably. But the fact that this 25 year old version can still we even th- those of us who have all played Origins and Legends can say this game still looks nice. That is impressive for a 25 year old game. I mean, it's definitely partly nostalgia, but I like I mean, I've played only a little of Legends. It was a PS Plus game. Uh, and I played like three or four hours of it and I enjoyed it, but it didn't hook me for whatever reason. Uh, and I think it, I mean, it looks great, of course, but it's like, it's so slick. It's so modern, like <laughs> animation level yeah. that like, you never hear, like you hear people talk about eight bit and 16 bit pixel graphics, but like this 32 bit, like when I, 
got Rayman. The reason I got it was because it was the prettiest game I'd seen. Right. 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 Like yeah, uh, my yeah. favorite game up to that point at that moment was Yoshi's Island. You know, I played it over the summer. I really liked the art style on that. And it was like that moment of, yeah, of like 32-bit 2D art, I think is kind of underrated because mm. it's not it's not primitive enough to like have that kind of cachet. But mm. I think there's a really nice moment there where mm -hmm. it's just it's yeah. just enough. I mean, the yeah. reason that we even um, think so highly of Legends and Origins is that they're two of the few 2D games that come out nowadays that actually really push 2D graphics. Mm. Because a lot of the 2D games that are coming out nowadays that we're playing either uh, hark back to yes, 8 or 16-bit styles... Sure. Yeah, or uh, or they are made on a on a lower budget, and yep, you know point. they don't have as many yeah. frames of animation. Something like Mega Man Eleven comes to mind, for example, right. which is not a bad looking game, yeah. but it's definitely not on the level of visuals of uh, Legends and Origins. Uh, Pecan Pie says, "I enjoyed how beautiful the two D graphics were and the great animations. I didn't realize Rayman's aesthetic was animated, cartoon based, and the effect was like playing a Looney Tunes or Disney short." The animation of punching an enemy and having their body fly off the screen only to have their eyes be left behind is brilliant. Just watch a video of Mr. Sax's hullabaloo fight for a good representation of how creative and great this game looks. I usually think of the PS1 as an era of ugly graphics that haven't aged well, but 2D games like Rayman, Symphony of the Night and Legend of Mana are incredible. While appreciating all the visual design, I do feel like the character Rayman is out of place in this cartoon world. He feels like a 1990s cartoon character, while the enemies and world feel more akin to cartoons from the 30s and 40s. Which takes us back to the Cuphead thing, which is, I guess, where some of that's coming from. There'll be more on the graphics and how they plan to gameplay, but let's talk a little about the audio. According to the Rayman wiki... In August 2009, French musician Remy Gazelle posted in the Raytune subforum of the Rayman Pirate Community message board and stated that he had composed almost the entire soundtrack of this game. The Jaguar version features substantially different musical credits, but since most of the music in this version is the same, it can be determined that the names shared between this version and the others are the ones who composed the music itself. Uh, in addition to Remy Gazelle, known composers credited in all versions include Natalie Drouet, Frédéric Louvre, Frédéric Prado and Olaf Zalkman. The French book L'Histoire de Rayman confirms that Frédéric Prados composed the music of the game. Confusing. <laughs> uh, but yes, I know that Remy Gazelle is the name most commonly associated and yes, sadly passed away in the not too distant past. Yeah, thoughts on the on the on the soundtrack. I like it. <laughs> um I, I i really do i think um it has i think we talked earlier about it it, it having a, a weird kind of times where it just cuts out and you're waiting for it to kind of repurpose back into yeah. the um into foreground but it, it is jolly it it brought a smile to my face um fairly eclectic there's some there's some jazzy stuff there's some sort of different different genres of music uh touched upon some dramatic cinematic stuff as well mm -hmm. um I, i'd also said the um like sound effects as well are around that. So like the forest area and kind of lightning and thunder kind of that. There's some really good, um, what do you call it? Not necessarily foley so, effects, but you know. Spot effects. Yeah, as, as sometimes the music and the environments tie into each other very nicely. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, the sections where there is uh, thunder, usually the music is a little bit quiet and tense, for example. You know, it uh, it complements each other rather well. Yeah. 
one of the words that crops up in our three word reviews is a lot is atmosphere which isn't necessarily something i would have strongly associated with this game but obviously for some people and again it might depend what age you were when you first played it i was 20 something maybe if i'd played it first as a kid i it would have had the same effect on me as some of the games that i did back then what i will say is about the spot effects the sound effects is while they're kind of amusing and appropriate it unfortunately for me again it very much sounds like exactly the same library of sound effects as was used in a million amiga platformers uh just here's the collecting tinkle here's the hitting thing hoot and so on and so forth and i always much favored the sort of creative use that uh, of um that the like the japanese whizzes would do to like the thinking about the noise that mickey makes when he hits his head in cast of illusion stuff like that like new creative synthesized noises rather than just something from a stock library of sound effects it's funny you say that actually because this populated both in the sound and and the way the game presents itself which sometimes comes off as quite confusing at times it feels very much like something for you know a platformer you know from the east you know it, it feels you know quite hard and difficult and yet it has this western visual and sound style that sometimes just doesn't uh, coalesce so well and it feels a little bit out of sorts at times um and yeah some i just lost it I, I just at times i got a little bit lost and like what is this like what is this try game trying to do what is it trying to is, is it trying to just be completely unique or is it trying to borrow you know quite hard elements from one side of the world and then you know easier i was thinking here. about this it's i was hard. thinking about this earlier it feels to me like an almost landed square in the middle mishmash of three things so it feels like to me it's very influenced by all of its european platformer uh, forerunners from the from the 80s and 90s it feels like it's also taken on board a lot of what the american teams at virgin and places like that did with games like aladdin and cool spot and it also feels like they're trying to nail some of the stuff that the Japanese teams did with the boss patterns and stuff like that. So it feels to me like it is a, a complete sort of um, fusion cuisine of the different kinds of platformers. And it takes some of the best and some of the worst from all of those. And some of the issues I, I, I find, and I don't think this is fair because I'm talking about this game 25 years down the line, but because I feel like either games have borrowed elements of Rayman or Rayman had borrowed elements of games prior to it, I feel like I've yeah. seen a lot of this stuff before. So... For for instance, Rayman jumping on drums and the drums sound making a cool drum noise yeah. brings a smile to my face every time. Now, obviously, I've seen that in later Rayman games, yeah. and I'm trying to rack my brains whether that had taken place prior to Rayman coming out yeah. or whether it was Probably. a really nice, you know, effort of actually tying in environmental background stuff with uh, mm. the foreground gameplay. And it has to like that. It, Rayman could not have developed that and i'm trying to go through my lexicon of you know mario games yeah. and stuff there were the tr- so many platforms. Yeah, there's so many that's right? the thing the tricky yeah. thing is that by this time uh leon was already talking about this was kind of more the tail end of 2d platformers but this was the genre the 2d side-scrolling platform games mm-hmm. for so many years and there's so many that came out from all parts of the world so Inevitably, a whole bunch is going to remind you of something because, like, else. Castle Illusion would come to mind. I'd be like, well, you know, we had that kind of magical nature yeah. here, and that's so. Is and it boring from that? Yeah, and so and the three Disney games on the Super Nintendo, or at least three. 
uh, yeah, the magical like the, quest uh, series. Magical quest. Yeah. yeah. There were so, I mean, there were just so many. If you if you factor in all the Japanese ones, all I the know. American ones, all the European ones, yeah. it was it was very hard to do anything truly original at this point. Yeah. One thing I was just thinking, of course, now I think uh, it's fair to say we're in a period where there is a a massive amount of uh, 2D Metroidvania, in particular, star platformers being made. This game actually has talking about the the way you get your abilities mm -hmm. there's just a little hint of the the metroidvania here because there are some cages that you can't get on your first visit to the level because you haven't got the ability from Battle yeah. of the fairy yet so you have to go back so that plus would have been... uh you can sort of in some cases choose the order in which you tackle levels as well right yeah true true so yes here it is the gameplay the emailer from the forum says got this as an eight-year-old thinking it was suitable <laughs> it might be a great game, but it was too hard, and I experienced very little little of it. Okay, uh, let's start with Mikhail, who I think uh, uh, we always try to be as positive as we can about games, but I think sometimes the best place to start is with the things that <laughs> the things that we think don't work, rather than just saying the feel is great, the the jump is great. So I think there are some things about the the feel of this game that are fine. But yeah. what are the, the thing is that there seems to be such a contradiction yeah. in things because is it is it does feel a lot better than many Western developed 2D platformers of the era. In the basic uh, arc of the jump, the exactly. responsiveness. Yeah, it's responsive. It feels solid. It doesn't feel jittery. It yep. feels like you're standing on solid ground. Yes. Um, you just can't see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched that same three-part hypocritical review that you shared as well Leon mm. uh, and the the guy in there goes into a lot of detail just about the quirks of the physics and the jumping and uh, yes. the locomotion in yes, the game yes really good analysis in between yep. there's rather too much uh, of his self-indulgent humour but the actual his, his actual analysis is spot on I thought yeah which he downplays also a little bit in the video yeah. that's neither here nor there yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah the thing is like there's a what he pointed out is that there's a with the jumps there is a complete difference between a forward jump and a neutral jump right yeah because the neutral jump if you jump straight up into the air is very controllable yeah but then the forward jump that is only controllable after you've hit the uh height of your jump yes and then and then there's not because of the forward momentum you carry all there's not even that much you can do anymore yeah and this is especially a problem when you reach Bandland and you have those tubular shiny bells, chrome. shiny chrome oh, kind of surfaces. Basically, if you don't if you don't memorize some of these jumps in there, yeah. when exactly you need to jump, if you don't hit the jump button at the exact right time, and there there's no indication for this, it's just trial and error. You're going to overshoot platforms or right land right in between two of them above a bottomless gaps, mm -hmm. uh, a gap and there is a lot of bottomless gap in there yeah. and the thing the thing that kills me with this game is that it doesn't look that hard right yeah. it's not like there are a million I mean not until much later in the game some of the late, later levels that I've seen it's not that there's like a million spikes and lava and enemies besieging you from every angle you know it's not like something like uh, ghouls and ghosts in, in its appearance that is just no. absolutely vicious looking yeah and maybe that they kind of had to sort of make the level designs a little bit tame and mundane sometimes even to just 
account for for the for the odd physics in there. Mm. There's there's it's not just one issue that I have with the game, but there's a lot of issues that compound into something yeah demonic <laughs> yeah it's the it's like like the, another thing like the the latch grab for example it's like mm. you're never quite sure maybe the, it's also the the missing limbs you're never quite sure if you're yeah. in the right range to you can get grab used a to ledge that. or that's not. what i found but it's you weird can, you don't of, even but, have it at the start of the game you have to earn the ledge grab which is yeah maybe also it was because i had gaps of one whole week before i started playing again mm, yeah so i was always kind of kind muscle of muscle memory it. is a big part of this game yeah. So it's yeah, that's the thing I was talking about. Like I always kept second guessing myself when playing this game, yeah. and and the last level that I did, it was the first first like Dream Gulch level. Um, I was I just couldn't get consistent in that level. Sometimes I would make it all the way to the end. It had a particularly maddening ending to that section where there's a guy with one of those guns standing there who just shoots <laughs> you off the platform. Yep. So you actually just need to grab the ledge. Cool. Before you go up there yeah, at yeah. the very end of the stage. But sometimes I would die very early in that stage, sometimes in the middle, sometimes at the end. There was no rhyme, there was no consistency there, you know? Yeah. I knew how to do the level, but still, for some reason, oh, I, I let go of one of those swinging rings just randomly, you know, out of, out of nowhere, or, 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 or I swung up against something. And oh, there's just, just so many elements to this that makes Rayman. Challenging for all the wrong reasons for me. Do you, do you know, it's, in, it's interesting as well, because I think the Dream Forest, so the first level, I, I don't think is that challenging. I think it's... No, like, not at it's all. Perfectly, it's very... It's, it's, if the game was set like that and a little bit of difficulties you went through, I think most people would happily achieve it. I mean, whether it, you know, a, a seven-year-old is going to come in and, and complete it, maybe not, although by today's standards, probably. But, you know, I... I I feel like at that start, you're like, oh, no, this this is exactly what I expect. This cover, this character, all the presentation I've seen before this for this game to be. And then the moment you get into Boundland, it's like, fooled you. <laughs> like, actually, it's not that at all. Here we are, a completely different game. And mm. I've, I suppose I've not, you know, it's their game. They get to decide that. But it's it's one of those ones. It's like, well, this wasn't play tested to the public. This was... It has that vibe of a bedroom-style game where it's just the person it, who's making it. Yeah, has played it 7,000 times to completion. Exactly, so those yeah, jumps, yeah. every single one of those jumps makes sense. Every single one of those ledge scraps makes yeah. sense. And they and, understand the physics from, from the inside. So they don't have to yeah. spend 4,000 lives learning about how you have to exactly jump on those chromium tiny 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 chromium platforms with inertia. But that was the bit. That was the bit where I thought where I got to that bit. And uh, so there's you start off that level, uh, which one is it? Allegro Presto. You start off that level by almost Sonic the Hedgehog style kind of running and sliding. I can't remember if you've actually earned the run by that stage, but uh, no, not the first time. Anyway, you can get you can get up some momentum and you're kind of sliding around and it seems fun. And there's it's almost like Unirally or something. And there's enough ground beneath you that, that it always feels safe. And then suddenly the level grinds to a halt and puts these tiny, tiny little lozenge platforms in front of you. But no matter how little momentum you gain while standing on those, you will continue to slide forward. So compared to Mario's slightly, I think I remember playing Mario with my girlfriend at the time back in the early mid 90s. And she was she used to hate him. She's like, oh, he's an inertia ridden freak. Um <laughs> 
but we all got used to Mario's inertia. You can fight against it. You can control mm -hmm. it. This this momentum is just if it's there, it's there. There's nothing you can do other than jump. And if you jump while you've got the momentum, you will arc off into a bottomless pit. So, but the first time I played that level, I think I literally went through about sixty lives, and yet. When I went back to it to collect the cages, I did that bit first time. The way I describe it, I, I felt like I was only ever 70% in control of the character. <laughs> yeah. Like there was always this this element of that should have. Like I should have hit that ring. I, I'm telling you, I did that. You know, and, and it's hence why we've said, you know, you can run that part of the level and be perfectly fine. Then run that part of the level three or four times and feel like I didn't do anything different. Like my muscle memory is there. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Failed. Yeah. Yet... And and this was why I go back right back to the start. This is why I feel like the save system in this is just all over the place in in what I was wanting to achieve. I can put up with with that kind of difficulty in games if I'm given mm. enough opportunity to just learn those patterns. If you're going to punish yeah, exactly. punish me over and over again, give me enough lives for me to make my mistakes and get through exactly. that level. Don't just say you got three lives, you got you know, free hits. Five continues. Five con at game. It's like, I couldn't, I, I, I legitimately could not see this game through, the, through to the end. So it sounds like Tony had much of the same issues that I had with the game. Yeah. And I think we yeah. all did, but it's how much but, we were willing to tolerate them or yeah, enjoy I'm, I'm tolerating so, them. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I can't fathom how you would continue playing without losing your sanity. No, so I, th I think for me, I have a... Zen. No, not at all. Trust me, there was a few times. <laughs> but um, now I, I think because I have a connection to Rayman as a character that I've enjoyed in mm -hmm. other games, I was fascinated to come back to this and yeah. and pick my wits. Knowing it's a hard game, I gave myself a good proportion of time. So, I, you know, this game over a three week period, um, the fact that I knew that essentially with infinite lives, it would just be a case of I could do this. I just need to memorize and, you know, using video guides and actually learning understanding how these things i feel like if when we talk about this older games and having the time and being younger and you know having two games for six months yeah. worth of play lots of context yeah relevant. whether you know i would have sat down with my new playstation and this is my new game and just learn each level each stage understanding how each one of those works and that's how when you watch a video, somebody go back and go, well, look, they played it for six months. You know, they learn all the little. Yeah. But yeah. but I also feel like your concerns and everybody else's concerns here that you cannot get away from the fact that this game has imperfect controls and with imperfect yeah. controls leads to. Uh, well, frustration and the ability yeah. to not imperfect achieve, controls, yeah. imperfect design elements. Yes. Which uh, for it doesn't matter yeah. how good it looks and all these those other things. When the game doesn't feel like it, it, it's so solid that you are frustrated that the fact that, okay, look, I pulled that jump off, I know I did, or I don't feel like I got hit there at all. Yeah. And there are times here when you you literally have to duck within milliseconds of yeah, a yeah. land or whatever it may be, otherwise you just get hit. And it, under the guise of what the game yeah, is like, back. you have you know so many lives or so many uh, essentially hit points. Yeah, some mm, of that yeah. can be absolutely maddening. Yeah. It's that older adage, right? Like, if you die a lot and you have only yourself to blame for it, yeah, it's fine. you yeah. can deal with it. If you die a lot and you start blaming the game, then, yeah. yeah. But weirdly, that was the... Because, again, I've, I agree with everything you said, Mikhail, and everything Tony said as well. And I'm sure Jesse feels yeah, the well, same no, Jesse, way. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
But again, it didn't like, even though th- that was the, that was the sort of contradiction in my head. The dichotomy was mm-hmm. like a lot of these things I really don't appreciate in game design, but there's something about this one mm-hmm. that was not, it was just like, if I, if it wasn't for the podcast, I probably would have given up earlier, to be honest. But with the 99 lives cheat, I, like I've spent, yeah, like three plus days of my life playing this. And I'm still now thinking, right, okay, I don't ever have to play this again if I don't want to. But I'm thinking, yeah. I'm really near the end. I could yeah, actually... It'd be nice to say you've done it. It'd be nice yeah, to yeah, say I've course. done it. Even with the cheats. Like, yeah. Yeah. Pecan Pie came up with a few bullet points of, uh, regarding the gameplay. Pecan Pie says, punching enemies instead of jumping on them, which is not something you do in this game at all, is very satisfying, especially the animation of the enemies. I had issues here with communication. I couldn't always tell if I was doing them damage. Sometimes it seemed to take one punch. Sometimes it seems to take three, regardless of what power-ups I had. Yeah, I think there. what I fi- started figuring out in the end is that enemies have a sort of a weak spot somewhere. Right. So sometimes you kill them in one punch because you actually hit them on their weak spot. Right. Or sometimes you just sort of knock them, knock them silly a bit yeah. before you actually kill them. But you, that was it another thing, though. It makes the same noise and the same animation either way, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, classic. <laughs> and, and 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 that was another thing. Like those little, little tiny black pea enemies yeah, that yeah, yeah. Uh, that you can hit only by shooting over them, then ducking and waiting <laughs> for your fist to return. Yeah. There was no, literally, there was no consistency there. Like sometimes I would <laughs> throw a punch like five times from the exact same position with the exact same wind up time, mm. ducking and trying to let it fly back to kill mm. it. Without without any avail, the fist would just like return to me at the very last moment, uh, overshooting it. And sometimes, the ex- I did it the exact same way, and it killed the thing instantly. One thing with this game that we didn't bring up is that even the 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 non GBA version feels pretty zoomed in, right? That's one reason uh, the graphics yeah, yeah. are so lush, but also characters yeah. makes it you know more difficult and and. Uh, it gives you less reaction time to things coming at you, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, it, it, when I started playing it weirdly on the TV, I was just like, this looks weird. Like this looks like a portable game that I'm playing on the TV. Uh, and I'll, you know, nice to go out to the park anyway. So yeah, I'll just play the rest of this on my Vita. I mean, I found my problems with this game had much more to do with the underlying math almost than the, the game feel and hitboxes, which I, weren't great but i could adapt to and get pretty consistently mm-hmm. the hang and all that stuff it was much yeah. more right that the 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 save system but also it it didn't feel played t- like the the cave of scops level is not that hard no like the, I was, you are, know you are right i think the game gets easier yeah well once, once you get you the pass helicopter power too yeah, no. that gives mm. you a little bit of a cheat uh to fine tune mm. a jump or something like mm. that uh, and you get a lot more control. Like Bandland really is this crazy difficulty spike. But there's also just other moments in the game where, and weirdly what I realized is it's never the bespoke moments that you would expect to be the unplay-tested difficulty spikes. Like even the lantern bit isn't that bad. Like when you are flying around on the mosquito, like like uh, anything like that's a little special yeah, like it's not actually that bad. It's just some generic. Like every so often, there's again that like I got to do two minutes of stuff that I can absolutely positively do in my sleep to do this half second thing mm-hmm. that I can't figure out. 
Mm. And, you know, McKeel earlier, I mean, I think the difference is to make the obligatory Dark Souls reference, right? Like, I I have a a level one character who will ever be stuck on Ornstein and Smo. And every time I do that 60 second run, I have to think about, you know, my ineptitude or whatever. (laughs) But at least that fight does last longer than a half second, usually. (laughs) Right? At least it, like, I'm having to do that run, but to an event, not. And now there's this one little bit. That just, ignominious failure right that, yeah. and just isn't interesting in any way and just does, yeah. just yeah. feels like a playtesting blip and the problem with this game is that its structure is so brittle right i remember you know playing mario 64 and what impressed me almost way more than the 3d and like all those advances was just like it felt like a very modern structure Right. Mm-hmm. In terms of like you're getting the stars through the quests. If you get enough, you can go to this look like you have a certain amount of choice. You can't do everything. You know, uh, you need a certain amount of stars to f- see the final boss. But, you know, if you get them all, who knows what happens? Like, whereas this game, you literally the the true ending is the only ending. Mm-hmm. Right. I assume if you get through all the levels and do not rescue every Electune, you, you just it. sit there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Mr. Dark's thing is there, but there's no dotted line. And you're just like, well, I guess, yeah. Like, there's no, right. I mean, like, and that's, I'm always hesitant. Like, I wouldn't want to criticize Jumping Flash for being too short, because that's like a production, like, I don't know, right? I don't know what went into making that game. But there's so much about this game that I feel like you could fix with, like, a few lines of algebra in a day. Sure. And this was five years after Super Mario World, this whole game. Well, yeah, and this is the problem, right? If you start taking this and compare it to the absolute, you know, we know Stone Cold classics of two D platforming, it's it doesn't really hold a candle to it. And that's what that's what I mean by the fact that it feels such a jumble of what it's trying to be, you know, or you know, not necessarily jumbles, but how hard it wants to be and the reasons it wants to be that hard, but how precise it needs to be that hard. And then you got the aesthetics, which you know portray one thing. But actually, you know, for a game this hard, like anybody coming into here, if they wanted, uh, you know, a tough, challenging game, were they looking for the aesthetics of Rayman? Probably not. And the people that were looking at the aesthetics of Rayman weren't looking for this kind of challenging game. It just feels like a dichotomy of so many. Yeah, but loads of people love it, right? Uh, so yeah, well, yeah. and and I did pay money for it, and I returned <laughs> Jumping Flash. Right, that's why I told that anecdote at the beginning, because I mean, I think part of. It's like it's the same with Sierra games. Like, why playtest them if we don't? The worst that happens is they also buy the handbook. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like there, yeah. there wasn't really an incentive to make this game completable on some yeah. level. I think it, it it suffers from there as being some sort of unwritten law that platformers needed to be hard. But then you know, it almost feels like a by any means necessary mm-hmm. kind of thing. Not by really designing them in in a very in to be very unforgiving or but but at least like tightly controlled and 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 they fair but just like so much though difficulty yeah. of platformers like there was no there was no baseline like some of them were like ludicrously easy and some and of then, them and were in the impossible. and the 16-bit era there were a lot more easier platformers coming yeah. along than than the, the generation there were also that, some really sure. really hard ones and yeah uh I, I suspect that this game wasn't particularly meant to be either i think it was pitched at a level that they thought was challenging but fun which is it just so happened that i don't think they they necessarily got that right, although plenty yeah. of fans would probably disagree. I also wonder, you mentioned the the pot sort of difficulty spike. 
we've talked before because developers have in recent years sort of admitted that they deliberately would put difficulty spikes in a lot of the cartridge games in the 16-bit platformers of the early 90s, early mid-90s because of the rental market. I wonder if that came into thinking with Rayman as well. Uh, I don't know if anyone was renting Jaguar cartridges, but certainly you could rent PS1 games back in um, back in the mid '90s, and and they probably didn't want people getting to the latter stages in one or two nights. So there's probably that came into it as well. Uh, Pecan Pie continues: the sliding movement on the Allegro Presto is fantastic. The ledge grabber grill ability is great. Uh, the shrinking fairy sections are frustrating. You walk very slow when you shrunk. That's down. true. Yeah, especially yeah. before you've got the run. Yeah. Uh, I did not appreciate the respawning of enemies, especially when backtracking and exploring for the Electoons. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this. Respawning enemies, uh, obviously they have their place and they have a use in certain scenarios. Uh, generally, I'm not a fan, especially not when they're designed purely to mess you up and knock you backwards off a platform this game is actually a a maelstrom of things that pretty much randomly appear and disappear the amount of things that you have to find by first touching a particular invisible point on the map like what is that all about now i always remember like the new zealand story uh, a beautiful japanese highly challenging super cute platformer from 88 I think that has in, yeah. that has some invisible warps in it, right? And which I always thought was a bit weird because you know, that game has a lot of Taito Japanese design sensibilities about it. It's hard, but fair and the controls pristine and all that sort of thing. But the thing is, these invisible warp points were warp points, like they're secrets. Mm. In yeah. this game, your critical path involves standing in random places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the fine thing is a lot of the, I mean, I'm sure some of the Electunes are extremely hard to get and I just ignored them, but a lot of them aren't that bad and like better games yeah. in this genre maybe like know where to put the difficulty with the optional materials, right? I think the, the, the issue is just like there are so many times in this game when if you do not do this thing, you will not progress any further, basically, right? And... Uh, and you can't really try another level. I guess you could maybe go back and get some Electunes. Like, it's not totally linear. Uh, but I think that's just kind of where I gave up originally. Uh, and I think if I had been willing to cheat with some passwords and just, you know, goof off in the rest of the game, I may, back in 95, have come back and, like, because like, then I would have put enough time into the game because I wouldn't have just been doing the same thing over and over for an hour and then just mm. giving up. The knockback effects continues peak on by platforms that are uh, only appearing after triggering events and inconsistent area hit effects were all frustrating and did not add to my enjoyment of the challenge. And finally, collect all the collectibles to finish the game. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah, some other issues maybe that uh, peak on by hasn't mentioned yet mm -hmm. and that we haven't talked about before. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are you got a, a bunch of leaps, <laughs> leaps of faith in the in the game as well. Yeah, uh, sometimes the leaps of faith are signposted with collectible things. They are. Sometimes they aren't. Also, but this is not something that only uh, Rayman is guilty of. But the camera snap. Oh, yeah. That that it's sort of a off the era uh, a Western developed 
platforming design oh, right, work where you're where not in the middle and the or the screen exactly so the screen always has to right. yeah has to yeah, show yeah. more ahead of you yeah, yeah. than what's behind you mm. and then when you turn around the camera snaps to the other side again uh yeah disney's aladdin on the mega drive also suffered from the same thing oh yeah and uh, that was worse because you have to change direction there a lot so sometimes you just yeah <laughs> yeah exactly sometimes the camera just shoves back and forth but it also caused some issues sometimes with uh when turning around and and with visibility um and i don't i just i never got that design decision it's why, why not just keep your character in the middle of the screen mm. at all times um with the knockback effects the the main thing i think about with the frustration of or, or just the the way that that this basically is designed, where you have a life bar, but most of your deaths actually come from one shot, like mm. you fall, you die, right? And what Leon had said earlier about like you can't really make this game your own in some way. You just have to do exactly what it wants. Uh, but there are moments where, uh, for instance, like there's some moments in Caves of Scops where like there's a bunch of obstacles. You have, you know, three hits that you can take. At the end of these obstacles, there's a power up that'll get you back up to five. And you can kind of choose which hits, you know, you can get hit twice and there's like five dangerous True. things. And yeah, like that's interesting, right? And there are some moments in this game where it plays with the fact that you can make mistakes. And those are often the most satisfying because you can kind of choose where to fail uh and uh, but a lot of it really is just about like even if you get hit it'll knock you off the thing you fall into a pit and you die and there's so many times in this game where you power up to five and then you just fall off something yeah. and it didn't matter yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's weird nick moon 93 from the forum says the early levels in the dream forest introduce you to the game's mechanics and gently test your abilities and despite some difficult sections, such as the combination of floating, moving platforms and swinging red thorns, you always felt that you were being gently pushed to get better at the game. However, that all changes when you get to Bandland, where the difficulty level spikes exponentially. You start getting ruthlessly punished for not making pixel-perfect jumps, and at a number of points in one level, the game requires you to control the direction of narrow, moving platforms while dodging lightning bolts, spiky fish, evil music notes, and more, all at once. Watching a playthrough of the game while writing this, I definitely experienced some of the later levels, but that can only be because I used cheat codes to unlock them, and I definitely never saw the credits roll. There's a notorious moment, a uh, momentum jump in that level we mentioned before, Allegro Presto, that is known colloquially among fans and players of Rayman as, quote, the impossible jump. It's not the hardest jump in the game, though. Just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> Mr. Ixalite, it's not impossible, by the way, I did do it, but uh, Mr. Ixalite says it was not 3D environments or fancy cutscenes that sold me on the original PlayStation, but good old Rayman. As someone who'd cut his gaming teeth almost entirely on monochrome Game Boy platformers, this was true next gen gaming to me. Not just because of the sumptuous cartoony visuals, which still hold up excellently, but also because of the sheer imagination on display. I was used to more or less realistic themings of plains and mountains, but places like Bandland showed me that the sky was the limit, that anything could be a level or a hazard with evil eyeballs. Add to that a truly amazing soundtrack and my younger self was hooked, enough to be emotionally invested in saving every last caged electoon. The game's story was paper thin 
and yet I still wanted to beat the ominously binocular using Mr. Dark and save the day. And yet, when I last replayed the game, Bandland was a demarcation line for my enthusiasm. The audiovisual imagination dwindles in subsequent mountain and cave levels, and though it returns with a vengeance in Picture City, the difficulty has at this point been ratcheted up to frustrating levels. The lush environments start to move from a blessing to a curse as lovingly rendered thumbtacks contain devious hitboxes I could never judge accurately. I was going to say, even the fact that like it's a nice touch graphically and character-wise for the fact that you see the world map through the eyes of the big bad villain that you're going to face at the end through his binoculars. But it's even that is so annoyingly zoomed in. You can't see the map properly. It's like classic Rayman. This is probably less relevant than it was when I first saw it. But um, this was when I was first sort of discovering that the game was had a much harder rep than I had any idea of. And maybe this post from the GOG forum from one called Tamath uh, speaks to Mikhail's experience. What a bitter disappointment. It's not a matter of disliking the game because it's old, because I could still fire up some far more archaic platformers than this and still have fun. This game's just rubbish. Pretty, yes. Decent soundtrack, yes. But the gameplay is diabolical. An above average amount of leaps of faith and cheap tricks, off-camera obstacles and pits being the main offender, make each level a trial and error chore. What really made me seethe and prompted me to write a damning post was the pencil pentathlon level with a section where you have to run down a greased hill and leap between two rows of spikes. It's borderline impossible, and sums up more or less everything about why the game simply isn't fun. Not to mention that small Rayman jumps like his body is filled with lead, super helicopter ha mode handles disastrously, the enemies, which in most platformers are just nuisances, ramp up fake difficulty by permanently ducking every attack, unless you game them by spamming punch at point-blank range. Then there's the small enemies that can only be defeated by you punching them and immediately crouching so your fist flies back at the correct height. Crouching and punching is too complex for poor Rayman, it seems. Maybe it's the lack of elbows. Overall, this game ain't a good purchase for anyone without the rose-tinted mm. specs. Yeah. I mean, um, that's uh, that's more opinion of fact than we like on this show, but I thought it was, uh, it was uh, you know, passionate. That, that, yeah, definitely. That jump is weird, that... that that spike one because either it just goes through perfectly or it doesn't and i still haven't worked yeah. out how to do it every time it's but like, i have done it's like flappy goat simulator yeah <laughs> so yeah just a couple more on the cheat system mr ixolite said the whole thing wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for the game's life system this is something I've never had a problem with in other platformers, but lives in Rayman are simply way too hard to come by. And by the end of the game, you can find yourself barely scraping by with no continues left. Must have spent ages replaying levels because I was losing more lives than I could afford, which is why I now have no qualms using cheats to max out lives. You don't get Celeste-style instant respawns, so it seems a fair way to even the odds. I would usually not do this, or I would not usually do this, but for anyone considering or being in the process of playing this game, I strongly recommend using the 99 lives code, which I do not so much consider as a cheat as I do a balance patch to allow people to actually finish the game, because this game is incredibly stingy with lives. It's certainly how I plan to experience the game next, and until then, I'll just enjoy it for the nostalgic memories and Remy Gazelle's iconic music. And Halo Fandango... 
followed up with simply one of the most charming and colourful games on the PS1. Many fun and frustrating hours were had with my friend trying to navigate a flying Rayman through a spiky obstacle course. The 99 lives cheat was a must. It's mandatory. So if the base game wasn't enough for you, <laughs> an expansion pack called Rayman Designer was released for Windows in 1997. It contains a level editor plus 24 new levels. A second expansion, Rayman Parsifal, literally Rayman by his fans, was released in 1998, including 40 fan-created levels chosen by Ubisoft. You just know. So Mikhail recently hosted our Mario Maker podcast. Obviously, one of the famous things about Super Mario Maker is the fact that probably there's an over obsession among the community with making incredibly difficult levels that are too hard for most humans. Mm. The Kaizo levels. Yeah, yeah. you can imagine. You can imagine what those Rayman levels are like, can't you? I mean, I could be wrong. I, I, don't, I don't dare to. They're, they're, they're all available on good old games. You get the whole thing for under a fiver. By all means, go rise ahead. Perhaps more tempting. And it is still available at this point. I don't know whether Ubisoft has any intention of taking it down, but while the game is available to buy on good old games, Uplay, the eShop, etc., etc., I'm surprised this hasn't been ceased and desisted. But Rayman Redemption is out there. Uh, it is a fan remake of the Can original Can Rayman game. be redeemed? Well, I was going to play more of this game, but I actually got sucked into playing the real deal, the PAL original. But this game has a number of quality of life improvements. A lot of the stuff we've talked about with the lives and some of the layouts and stuff like that have been tweaked and altered. You get a lot of the abilities from the start rather than having to earn them and then go all the way back. And by all accounts, it's... I say by all accounts. I suspect for a new player who's interested in the game, it's probably the best way to play it now in terms of sanity and it's also free legal legally dubious i guess i don't know uh but yes you can just go and download it right now and no but one's taking it, it down it would be weird right so if, i mean would it have been handy if one of us had just played that version through i did think about it yeah it's, it's all the same assets he's actually added some mini games and apparently the final boss is actually a bit harder somehow i should have so, played the, the you know the game boy version and be like yeah this is the one i'm done <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, but anyway, it, it, it'll stay on my hard drive, stay in my collection as an alternative option. Um, it sounds like it does take some of the frustration and pain out of it. If you go to Kotaku, listener, and search the entire first Rayman game, you'll find the article and links to download. Jobo Bonobo from the forum says, if the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover, could be applied to any game, it would certainly be this one. Behind the bright colours and cheery sounds lies an utterly brutal platformer that will break you without mercy if you are not at the top of your abilities. I kept getting destroyed by this game again and again. Its obstacles and enemies placed in exceedingly tricky places, which makes dodging them require lightning quick reflexes. Rayman kicked my ass so bad I did not even beat World 1. Also to consider is the limited amount of continues that you have and that you can easily go through them all in a string of bad luck, resulting in you having to start over. Everything in this game is set against you and it was just too much for me. It was nice to go back to where the character started, but Rayman's modern adventures are far more balanced in their ratio of challenge to fairness. 
and I would fully recommend those over this beautiful but frustrating debut. And finally, Nick Moon says, loading up this game for the first time, I remember six-year-old me being instantly drawn into the colourful levels, upbeat soundtrack and entertaining cast of characters. Like Tarazan, who has somehow got his toga stuck in a tree, and the poor mosquito who Rayman reduces to tears, only for the two of them to immediately become best friends. As others have written here, the later Rayman games definitely strike a fairer balance between challenge and fun. I think this makes them better experiences overall, but being one of the first video games I ever played, the original Rayman will always hold a special place in my heart as an enchanting and incredibly frustrating introduction to a lifelong hobby. For, For those, those who, who can, can read and understand, understand French, French, that, that book, L'Histoire de Rayman, is available on Amazon, including the, uh, the .co.uk one. It's 25 quid for a paperback. If you don't want to give Ubisoft any money at this time, probably don't buy it. And yeah, it's in French. <laughs> Three word reviews. We got loads because the Rayman community has rallied round. Uh, there's a few that are quite of similar nature, but there's also some crackers. So let's go through them all. Ben McSkelly says, gave up, impossible. Epic to pig. Or T-Pig says, trial and error. Made a goof says, gorgeous, artistic, hellspawn. Turn into stone, lively, beautiful, evil. Ray Bloom, love and hate. Jackie Elizabeth, hashtag Rayman for Smash, <laughs> says, hard but beautiful. Twee says, difficult, satisfying, beautiful. Simply wonderful. Arms, legs, unnecessary. Buscalilli, heads, shoulders, toes. <laughs> Harris Harris says, helped us growing. Kajibochki, magical punishing adventure. Raymanic, creative, beautiful, and fun. Cork Ben Channel, inventive, atmospheric, stunning. Jack Darcy says, deceptively difficult delight. Psychappy says, fun, wacky, sublime. And Raymanic ever says, intuitive, unique, and inspirational. Thanks, Rayman fans. We're sorry if we've been hard on your beloved character, but we always do analyse our games and experiences with them to this degree. And we'll get Mikhail's summary out the way first in case it hurts you too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the big contradiction or the big dichotomy with uh, playing the first Rayman for me was that... Um, it's not by far even the worst challenging for all the wrong reason kind of platformer I've ever played in my life. You know, even if you look look in the, the, the platformers that were of Western making in that era, there's way worse stuff out there than, uh, than Rayman in that aspect. So it, it does a, lo a number of, of things very, very well. It, it, it feels decently good to play. Um, it looks lovely. It looks lush. It has a lot of character. But there's just enough wrong with its design that just compounds into making it a chore to play for me. And, you know, when it comes to a point where the act of playing is not enjoyable anymore, that's just a point where it's not so much the challenge in itself that throws me off. But just, yeah, if you're not having fun, why continue playing, right? Indeed. Sad, but there it is. 
Jesse, not quite as negative as Mikhail, perhaps? No, I, I came around on it more in the last week, I think, as I at least saw myself improving. And, uh, and you know, uh, we have Prince of Persia coming up. That's not a, nearly as hard a game, but I definitely want to focus on that. But if I, if I didn't, I could see... Now that I've skipped around, uh, you know, I was going back to the beginning and and I was certainly doing better. Um, and I mean, I just find this a very frustrating game in the sense of, I mean, obviously parts of it are very frustrating, but just, you know, mathematically, it really is this kind of like 85% of this game I really like. And the 15% I don't is just such a barrier in so many ways. Right. That you either have to cheat and that makes a lot of the systems meaningless and kind of, uh, as I said, I missed a lot of the little narrative bits. I didn't know what I was doing in the eat at Joe scene because I had just entered a password. Apparently I'm turning his lights on you know, or whatever. Uh, so it's tough. Like I do like it was the prettiest game I had seen up until that point. Right. It was like more mm -hmm. Amiga than Amiga. And I have a strong attachment to it in that way. If I, I wish I had been willing to uh, cheat when I originally had it and just sort of do a tour of the game, because I feel like the problem is that you're just trying to perfect your skill at it by doing the same damn thing over and over and over. Whereas when I gave up on actually trying to win the game and was just trying each level and, you know, seeing if I could get through them or not, spending an hour on a level, if I get through it, I do. If I don't, I don't. I feel like the variety allowed me to build up the skills uh, to actually go back and kind of maybe be in a position where if I wanted to, uh, I'd have a shot uh, at finishing it. And, um, and I mean, there's... There's just a lot I do. I mean, the the yeah, the level of uh, imagination of the different levels, the mountain levels, little uh, drab and definitely a point where I could see someone giving up. Uh, but Caves and Scops actually is more going on than you would expect. And there's, as I said, there's a fair amount of bespoke stuff, and that's never where the difficulty spikes are. Like the, the you know, the mosquito you befriend after beating him and you ride around on him, uh, the Tarazan. Uh, there's, I'm trying, uh, the, there's some later on as well where, oh, Dark Rayman, which is in the, the final mm, bit. Yeah. With, uh, Mr. Dark is actually like a fun, it's challenging, but it's not too bad. It actually puts mm. pressure on you through the entire level. So the parts that you have mastered, you still have to do very quickly. And actually, it's kind of like a nice difficulty feature in a way. Uh, but yeah, there's a, like, it's not a generic game. There's a lot of neat ideas. It is just a shame that it wasn't, play tested like it just has that feeling of uh yeah they did not kind of run this through an actual group of outside people to just smooth out those bits uh and make it is very close to a very playable game but i i can't recommend playing it unless you're willing as i said to you know start it play as far as you get until you get frustrated and then just bop around uh and for six bucks on vita you know it's worth it. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, I do not disagree with any of Mikhail's criticisms of the game, really. It's just that for whatever reason, our experiences were different. And I think even that's contextual to an extent. Like, I think sometimes how mad we get at a game can be to do with what we've got going on in our own lives at the time or what yeah, other... And, and uh, just <laughs> very... Quick interjection. I, I don't tend to get mad with games, actually. No, no, no. It's unusual. I tend to put yeah. the fault at my own abilities yeah, yeah, yeah. more than yeah. at a game, typically. 
Yeah, and I've definitely had those games many, many times in the past. Maybe I've mellowed a bit. Maybe for whatever reason, the game isn't getting at me for, for some reason. But actually, fundamentally, yeah, I totally agree with all the criticisms that both we and, and our correspondents have had about the game design here and how it could have even been. It's not just that it's all old stuff it's stuff that could have been done better then in the same way that i was playing a load of stuff on my amiga in the early 90s some of which i really enjoyed and i'm not going to rewrite history about that but there was stuff that i was playing at the arcades by these elite japanese developers who were really showing how things like jump arcs and collision detection and hitboxes could be made so much more elegant and and endearing and attractive and compelling than a lot of because basically a lot of you know, a lot of european coding was kind of you know just people kind of starting up and trying it out and the rules weren't written in the same way that they are now like every indie developer that makes a game on unity now has 40 years of this is how you make a character jump in a platformer and we weren't quite at that stage in 1995 but we had already had a ton of games that i would still now elect to play over Rayman. I would also now elect to play out of choice Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends over the original Rayman. However, despite the fact that this game was definitely frustrating and for whatever reason it didn't generally drive me too insane apart from a couple of moments, it did actually sort of reignite my enjoyment for the genre a bit. I've been feeling a bit flat with platformers um, for a while and this actually put me back in that mindset of ugh, hate to say it but getting good at a platformer so even though this game is cruel and brutal and mean-spirited it also does demand a lot of you now obviously i use cheats to make my life <laughs> easier but i did over the course of dozens and dozens and dozens of lives possibly hundreds and hundreds get better at this game and i'm now thinking all those amazing games that are on our long list that i've never got round to finishing some of the mega drive and super nintendo classics maybe not the the sort of the rock hardest ones like Haganay and things like that but games that i've never got round to beating and finishing i'm now thinking yeah actually i i really used to i had such a good time in the 80s and 90s playing colorful platformers cartoony platformers and this sort of just even though i don't have nostalgia for it specifically it just sort of re-sparked that so I so I thank it for that. But if you have to play this out of interest, I'd recommend the free improved version because why not? If you've got a PC that will run it, I reckon you might have Rayman Redemption. Uh, if not, you've probably been given a free copy of Origins or Legends on some format or other at some point as well. Games with gold PS Plus, you play. Give those a whirl as well if you enjoy a platformer. But um, yeah, unless for whatever reason you just have to for your own <laughs> satisfaction i'd probably avoid this original rayman but uh but i'm glad that we've celebrated its anniversary by giving it a bit of a shoeing anyway <laughs> a legless kicking let's conclude with the man who kind of finished the game <laughs> tony <laughs> it's probably gonna echo pretty much everyone's uh, comments so far which is of no use but um yeah, I I agree, Mikhail, as well. Like, I think there's there's some fundamental issues with this game um, that you can't escape. Yeah, I I guess I lean into where Leon left off, which is 
you know, at times of this, I, I walked away from this game after a two hour session with a imprint of a D-pad on my thumb. And I've not done that for a while because I was so, oh, this is going to mm. be perfect. And there was a few times that for as much as frustration boiled over, I would hit the final little exclamation mark and cry a little leap of, yes! Like, <laughs> Along and, with Rayman. Like, there's other games, there's a ton of other games which are considered way more classics than, than the original Rayman that I have just jumped ship on. And I and I, I can only put it down to the fact that I think actually the original Rayman, as, as much as I probably didn't know at the time, has been on my bucket list of stuff I needed to do because I like the series and I've played many of the other games. And the fact that it was so hard somehow made me enjoy it more, which is a weird thing after... Ah, masochist. No, because quite often I'm not. Like there, there's many other games I will, I will happily slip off that that train and go no. And actually, if if like if you, if, if there's a, like a, a record of me, how many times I would have died or something, and it would have been you know compared to somebody else, then I probably would have gone, oh no, I don't want to be that person. But just in my own little world, I was pretty proud of myself to actually get to the end. And even though it was followed you know, some video guides and and whatnot, actually seeing the end credits row, a bit like you, then I was relatively proud and you know like wow mm. i actually i i did the quite hard thing um but i think some of that would actually comes down to the fact that game is although gameplay wise there are some issues it still is playable and visually it still feels very relevant um and i'm constantly fascinated by the elements that i see in the first rayman game that has been carried on over the years through the franchise and that the, you know it's its little kernel was there all the way through and and yeah that i think that really helped drive me through to the end i don't i don't think anybody necessarily needs to go out and hunt a copy of rayman but it it is back to the very start of the show it's fascinates me that this is the biggest selling game in the uk on the playstation <laughs> and so yeah. many people probably saw the first stage (laughs) and never got past badland bandland i keep calling it badlands because in my head it was so hard but um (laughs) and i love i love that kind of juxtaposition something being so technically popular yet so probably uncompletable so it is it is crazy yeah um overall i i had a really good experience of it and, and that's not to say that i can go back to many playstation i remember my my playthrough of tenchu a few couple of years ago and just i wanted to cry by the time i'd finished that game it was so <laughs> you know so broken to yeah. what my memories were you know even though my recent mm. playthrough of marco Cree, like there's some elements of that game that i just just frustrated me well actually yeah, yeah there was something about this that I, whether it was just i needed an old school jolt in my kind of modern gaming lexicon that kind of brought me back to a bit of my childhood which you know isn't wasn't unwelcome but yeah i i don't think if you take rayman as as a whole you can put it into the absolute classic platformers of that era but it is a really interesting footnote of platforms and it's a really interesting start to a a, a series of games which have gone on to be immensely popular whether you like the style or not but they have you know they have seen the you know many generations and i'm sure they will see many generations to come be whatever you think of the company (laughs) although this show must end but didn't origins and legends both underperform in the end uh commercially like compared to what ubisoft were expecting because they they were going to be episodic downloadable games weren't they and they ended up releasing them and then legends was going to be a wii u exclusive 
but but I do origins didn't do nearly as well as they were hoping. I don't think. No, but I think there was something about origins when it came out about trying to recapture that imagination which the original game had, and I think to that degree they absolutely did capture the imagination of two D platformers. Um, whether they can go on to sell multiple millions, like you know, even mm. even Mario in its 2D guise does very well, but it doesn't do the gangbusters that maybe, you know, it could Back do. in the day. Yeah, True. so... Just... Funny thing is, I know exactly what you're talking about, Tony, that feeling, you know, that level of investment and that intensity, and then you finally make it through throughout something ridiculously hard. Um, yeah, you've done it a few times recently. Yeah. Yeah, like I wouldn't I, do Jungle I, Dragon, for instance, to, no, come, to come back. <laughs> yeah. So, but but the the thing is, I ha- I've had that experience a number of times in recent times, like you said, only with games that, in my opinion, better. are much yeah, better designed. No, no, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a fact, and I couldn't even argue with that because I, I wouldn't be arguing that this is a brilliantly designed platformer because I see all the shortcomings. But for some reason, yeah. I managed to, you know, wrangle those shortcomings and make it into a game that probably suited me at the right place at the right time yeah. for this show. And that's not always the case. You know, no. the first yeah. one to say sometimes how actually I don't think this has aged well. And yeah, this actually, I think all of us agree, this sits somewhere in the middle. It's not a bad game. I also don't think it's a perfect game, but it does sit somewhere in mm-hmm. the middle. But you may fall off that to the left and off the wagon where you do and yet you may be on the other side where you fall off and actually go yeah. i really enjoyed that and yeah it's quite tight i think that line <laughs> that's why i normally mm. say the word context at least two or three times a show it, for example i think probably more the majority of our listeners would rather play this game that we've talked about today than the one that mikhil did enjoy beating double yeah. dragon three i think for most people that would not work because of the the sort of the level of the graphics i, I, I and... wouldn't even i i wouldn't even recommend it exactly <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas at least rayman you can kind of have some nostalgic happy-go-lucky fun in the first level or two <laughs> i have to say though i will never view that happy-go-lucky cover of rayman in the same vein again yeah. oh it's just rayman Look cheeky old rayman cheeky old yeah. rayman oh he's gonna hurt yeah. you yeah, Mentally. and you did all the extra stuff in Origins as well, didn't you? That yeah, the, really the tough teeth stuff. runs. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah. That stuff was was super. Treasure chest stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's great. But you know, hey, I'm going to say masochist for the Rayman. All right, bit of extra bonus content for the patrons there. So it remains for me, Leon, to thank Jesse, Mikhail, Tony, Editor Jay, all of our correspondents, and of course to you for listening. Next time in issue 434, something about as different as you can get from Rayman. It's bury me, my love. <laughs> <laughs>